Well, I don't know about you, but um, I certainly love to worship and our team are doing a phenomenal job and have put together a great lot of worship songs for us to week by week enter into God's presence. We're just believing through this season that as you enter into worship at home, the presence of God will just wrap himself around you. You'll feel a sense of security and peace every week as we come together through our online service. One of the greatest days on the calendar to preach in the Christian church is Easter Sunday, and so I'm pretty pumped about bringing this message to you this morning. Um, I love what God's up to. He's always up to something. Things are a little bit topsy-turvy, as I mentioned before in the tithe message in, in our country and around the world, in fact, at the moment. But God's in charge. God's in complete control. There's nothing going on that he's not aware of, that he didn't see coming. And so we can always rely on him to be plotting a course for us to get through whatever is put in front of us. And uh, today I want to bring a message to you about seeing that path, like seeing what it is that God wants us to enter into that's new. Because Easter Sunday is about a brand new way of doing life. The way life was lived prior to that with the, in, in Israel with the sacrificial system, um, the, all the uh, infrastructure around religion and all of its regulations and rules was put to an end. Uh, Jesus himself said, I haven't come to abolish all those things, I've come to fulfil them. And so there's this brand new way of living by faith in Christ that's opened to anyone who believes in him. From that day forward, the first Easter Sunday, the day he was raised to life, he was dead in a grave uh, and it appeared to all of his friends that it was a lost cause, and but it wasn't. God had a plan. And I want to say to you this morning, God's got a plan for you. If you're living with a situation that appears to be dead, situation that appears to have no life, maybe there's no uh, way forward that you can see this morning in your life, I've got good news. This story, the Easter story, is about God coming through with an incredible breakthrough. So let's just have a look what uh, the Bible says about some of the story. The Gospels record the resurrection story and the absolute uh, wonder, the fear, the disbelief of his closest friends and followers, his disciples, as they come to terms with the fact that something new has happened. And so I want to pick up the story in Matthew chapter 28. Let me read this to you. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. Then slightly different emphasis um, comes to us from John's gospel. And I want to read that straight away as well. So we're starting in verse 11. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken away my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. So when we're staring down the barrel of a brand new era, a brand new season, I've got to tell you, we can't always see it. We are so conditioned to what we know. And as we mentioned Friday, what we remember. So Mary is dealing with her grief, dealing with her pain, dealing with the confusion of who she believed to be the Son of God, the Son of Man. She believed that Jesus was who he said he was. Yet she had to face the brutal reality that he'd been tortured and executed and put on a cross. It's like 
What do I do with that? Maybe um, you've got some things that have happened in your life that have so conditioned you to think that's the way it is. There's no possibility of a shift or a change out of this. Come to the point maybe of just, well, that's the way it's going to be for the rest of my days. And for some things that may be true. But in others, those prisons are not meant to be lived in for all our days. There's a door, there's a way forward, there's an opening that only God can open. But when he points you in that direction and you can see it, I've got to tell you, it's the smartest thing you could possibly do to go and pursue it. I've preached before, probably many times in our church over the years, about the power of habit. Some parts of our life are so much easier with habits. We just get out of bed in the morning and get into the routine maybe of making breakfast or getting a coffee or going to the bathroom. We almost can do those things without even thinking about it. It's called a habit. We just don't even think. We just, we just do. Um, and I was thinking about that as I prepared this message. Uh, just recently we were in Europe again and uh, uh, the experience of driving a left-hand drive motor vehicle, which I've done many, many times now over the years, both in Europe and in America and in Canada, um, is really pretty easy. The, essence, the essence of driving doesn't change from one side of the road to the other. It's cars, it's roads, it's left or it's right. Essentially, driving, that part of it's pretty easy to, to get your head around. That, that's the same, um, especially when you're surrounded by others who are on the road. So I find that when I get into a, a car in, say, Germany, straight off the plane, having come from Australia, jump into the car, the steering wheel's on the left, the cars are driving on the right-hand side of the road and kind of follow the crowd and it kind of works okay. I'm, I'm pretty cool with that. But um, inside the car, foot pedals are the same, but indicators and windscreen wipers are on the opposite side of the steering wheel. And, uh, oh man, for about a week, I, I turn the indicators on when I want to put the windscreen wipers on and vice versa. It can be a little bit messy and definitely annoying when you go to change lanes. Instead of the indicators going on, the windscreen wipers come on. It's like it's a change that, um, because of habit, I was like, oh, no, that's the wrong way. And I have to think about it. Um, I generally speaking stay on the correct side of the road wherever I'm driving. However, I have found, and Julie will correct me with a scream. She doesn't normally scream when I'm driving too often because I'm a good driver, I think. But uh, there's been a few occasions when she's kind of gone, ah, what are you doing? Um, and it's generally pulling out of a one-way street and doing a left-hand turn in a country that drives on the right-hand side of the road. I'll start driving down the left-hand side of the road and she will just say, what are you doing? And I'm thinking, what are you talking about? And all of a sudden I realise, oh my gosh, I'm on the wrong side of the road. Uh, you have to think about it. We get conditioned into all sorts of things. But let's consider more, way more important issues through a lens of that similar disruption to our normal. Like today, maybe you've got painful memories like, like Mary had of a dear one who's passed away in the last little while. Maybe you've got financial pressure or there's been a bankruptcy or a business failure in, and you've been conditioned around that pain. It's part of your current life and it just it's with you. You go to bed with it, sleep it, think about it, you want to have dreams or nightmares about it and you wake up in the morning and it's still there. Maybe you've been brought up in a dysfunctional family where there was abusiveness or manipulative behaviour or power plays or toxic comp um, competitiveness or loneliness or self-centeredness. It doesn't matter what the dynamic is. It's that the point of what I'm trying to say this morning is that if it's your normal, sometimes we can live with and not expect it to change and not even believe that anything can change it, including God. 
There are lots of negative examples, but you, you might have come up through a peaceful, peace-loving, calm, loving family scenario, and that's your lot in life, and, um, and, and that's been your experience in some respects, and uh, in every sense, that's a really good thing for you if that's been your experience. But it can also become a blind spot. Those very positive and uh, life-fulfilling and good things about life can, strangely enough, put a ceiling over our life to kind of go, well, it's, it's, it's awesome, it's really good, but maybe it's possible for it to be great. And we don't expect it to be great, we're just grateful that it's good. Uh, maybe you've never had financial pressure. I'm a person who suffers from headaches quite a bit, uh, but I've met people who've never had a headache and they've got no idea what I'm talking about when I say, you know, you ever had a headache? They go, no, what's that? Never had one. It's kind of like we've all got our normal. And Easter Sunday is about breaking out of normal into something extra normal, extraordinary, something brand spanking new. Easter Sunday is about letting go of the past and getting a hold of the future. It's about seeing something that's in front of us that God wants us to have. So Mary didn't recognise Jesus. I find that incredible that she, she looked at him. She spent time with him. She, she was part of the, the group of people that followed and hung out with him. I mean, in some respects, you could maybe speculate that perhaps he didn't look like he used to. But I, I, I think, the, for me, what I want to say this morning is the issue is not so much that he changed, that she didn't recognise him, is that who he was, resurrected, was actually connected to something that she was not familiar with, a kingdom that was coming and was established that day that he was raised to life. There was something new about the context that he was in that made her not even really recognise who he was. It's a bit like uh, recently we went through a, a number of uh, castles in Europe and uh, there's lots of castles in Germany that you can visit. Uh, they are spectacular. They're just amazing um, uh, testaments to uh, engineering, to hard work, to many, many people putting many, many hours, people losing their lives, building these massive fortresses for people who are generally very wealthy and well-to-do. Um, and in often in many of them, there are uh, rooms that you can go and inspect and you can have a look and do a tour and so forth. And the last one we went to down in Cockham in Germany, uh, the castle had a number of rooms with panelled walls and they had uh, original wood panelling and uh, artwork and quite decorative right around the four walls of the, of the room that we might have been in. And in many of the rooms in this particular castle, there was a hidden door like a, an exit, sometimes that was an exit to a latrine, sometimes it was a, an exit to actually get into a tunnel to escape from the castle in case it got attacked by somebody and it was the last line of defence was to leave the castle. And you could stand in the room and the guy would say, there's a hidden door in that wall and my gosh, until it was pointed out, you couldn't see it. You could look at the wall, you look at the wall and it was just another panelling, but it actually was a doorway. And I'm wondering whether with Easter, with Mary, she was looking at the future and it was like she couldn't actually see the door, who's Jesus Christ. She didn't recognise him as a door. She just thought it was a gardener, just thought it was another guy in, in amongst the tombs attending to keeping the place tidy. And she didn't realise she was looking at the doorway to the future. His name's Jesus Christ. He is the Son of God, the King of Kings, the one who paid the price for her and me, who believes, and everyone else who believes, to live an eternal life. 
She was not able to see the new day because of the effect of the current day and her memories of the previous days. So in other words, what I'm trying to say this morning is our normal presses in so hard against us, against our memories, against our willingness to consider a change. We, we can find that um, our, our normal has just fashioned us into this not expecting a big change to happen here today. Maybe the COVID-19 season that we're in, even though it's brought a lot of change and forced a lot of change on us, even in this early stage of the social restrictions that are in place, it might be that you've come to the conclusion that it's, this is just, there's nothing that can change here. Well, I've got to tell you that's not true. I've got to tell you that God's got a plan for all of this to be unravelled one way or another and at some point. And one of the ways we can accelerate that is to believe that God's got his hand on this situation. So I'm not saying for one moment that we don't abide by what the authorities are telling us to do because I think that's the smartest thing we can do. What I'm saying is we come from a place of faith where we believe that the God who raised his son, Jesus Christ, from the dead to life can raise us up in this season of uncertainty from fear to faith, from apprehension to certainty, from sense of fear, a sense of not knowing to a sense of God's got this. This Easter Sunday, why don't you let the God of heaven and earth get a hold of your heart and give it a good shake? Let him, ask him, ask him, Lord, open that door. I want to see that, that hidden doorway. I want to recognise Jesus. I don't want to wonder whether he's real. I want to see him and recognise him for who he is. Maybe the situation has impacted you in ways you never thought any circumstance would. You would not be alone. There are so many people who perhaps without faith at this point in time are, are so terrorised, they're so uh, fearful of what's going to happen to them, to their kids, to their parents, to their grandparents. There are people who are incredibly sick in hospital at the moment. There are people who, alongside whatever COVID's serving up to us, are dealing with other issues in their life that are tragic and difficult. Well, I've got to tell you, Easter Sunday is a day of hope. Easter Sunday is a day where we believe that there's a new day dawning. Maybe things won't work out the way we want. Maybe things won't unravel the way we've even asked in prayer for them to. That's not the point. The point is that God has got a plan. God's got a, a desire for us to find that plan and to get on with it. So stop right now, whatever you are doing, and listen, because he is calling you by name because he knows you. In verse 16, which I haven't read just yet, of John chapter 20, the moment of realising who he is, the, the moment of awakening for Mary is this incredible little phrase that Jesus says. It's actually not a phrase, it's just one word, her name. It says in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Mary, this morning, in April 2020, is it possible that Jesus has turned to you and has called your name and it's been a moment when your eyes have been opened. Maybe you've never really felt God is something that on someone you can connect with. But right now I want you just, whatever you're doing, if you're standing, sitting, listening, having a cup of coffee while you listen to this message, if you're driving in the car, <clears throat> if you're listening at some other context, I want you to stop for a moment and just think and ask God, can I hear my name being called?
Because I've got to tell you, he wants you to hear him say your name. <clears throat> he knows you by name. He's probably been calling your name since the moment you were conceived, waiting for the day, not forcing the day, waiting for the day where you would say, as Mary said, she turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni. She recognised who he was. She actually could see Jesus. And that's the point of Easter Sunday. The point of Easter Sunday is about lots of things. Jesus being raised from the dead is obviously pretty central to the day. It's a big deal. But a bigger deal is the fact that from that moment on, <clears throat> people like Mary found that God was personally pursuing them. And that's the point of Easter this Sunday for you. God's personally pursuing you. We sing some songs about that, his relentless love. It chases us. He is a God who's so interested in including you in his kingdom. So today, I want to encourage you to think about your lot in life. Have you looked at Christianity? Have you looked at God? Maybe you've looked at life as a, a churchgoer or maybe you've never been a churchgoer. <clears throat> maybe today's the day where you can look at the, the wall with the hidden door. Maybe you can hear your name being called, Jesus calling your name. My suggestion, strong suggestion, is to turn like Mary did and say, teacher or Lord, oh God, thank you for calling my name. On our website, we've got a uh, at c3ah.org.au forward slash online. We've got a prayer that's there that um, I'm gonna read in a moment. And I'd love you to uh, read along. If you can just open that up, if you've got your uh, phone or device or your computer there, just get onto and open up another tab and open up the uh, website and find that prayer. Uh, if you can't find it, just bear with me. I'll read it for you anyway. But when you do find it, and as I've read it, and if you've listened to it or you read it later on or read it out loud by yourself, we'd love you to call us by clicking on the link, connect with us, that is. You can call us at the office and, and so forth, but email us by that link to tell us that you've done that, that you've actually responded to God's love in your life. So let's pray this prayer. This is a prayer that invites Christ into our life. This is a prayer that sets us on course to walk into the brand new day that, so we can see the future that God has for us as we walk by faith in the days ahead. So let me pray. Lord God, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God who died for my sins and rose to life again. I am sorry for my sins, and I ask for your forgiveness. I accept Jesus Christ as my own personal savior. I ask you to transform my life and give me your Holy Spirit to lead me all of my days. Thank you for your unlimited goodness and grace over my life. In the name of Jesus, amen. I just wanna also pray for you and your family at this point in time. I know that um, the days ahead may still include lots of moments that are gonna trouble us. And we need to be more confident than ever that we can throw our cares towards God because he loves, He does love us, he does care for us. So let me just close our time together this morning, my time with you at least, in prayer. Heavenly Father, I continue to pray for every family in our church, for our community across the city of Adelaide, <clears throat> Lord, indeed our state and nation. Pray, Father, that we would find 
your hand upon us to give us peace, to give us courage, to give us boldness. Lord, that we would be people who are Christ followers in our community, bringing hope and comfort to those who are in distress at this time. We pray, Lord, that we would get the upper hand as a nation on this, uh, this virus and that we'd come out the other side of it, Lord, as a nation that is confident, bold, and more faith-fueled and determined to follow in the paths of um, your ways than we have ever before. We thank you, Lord, that your hand is upon us and that we can be confident you're going to lead us into a great future in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Well, God bless you, church. I'm going to hand back to Emma and John to close the meeting. Look forward to coming to see you again next week at our next fabulous C3 Church online worship experience. God bless you.